We've talked before about the digital divide and how it's both an economic and an educational problem in the United States. We're going to go deeper into that, how you can get involved and how corporations can truly make a difference today. As always, thanks for listening to Bowties in Business, and I'm your host, Tim Kubiak. Hi, and once again, welcome back to the show. Today, I'm joined by Scott and Susan from Digitunity, and we're going to talk about the digital divide in a different approach. In the past, we've talked about connectivity as the issue. Today, we're really going to focus on devices. So with that, Scott, Susan, welcome to the show. Can you take a couple minutes to please introduce yourself? Sure. Yeah. Thank you, Tim. Um, my name is Scott Henley. I'm the executive director of Digitunity. And our organization, as you said, is focused on device ownership. Um, so it's, it's the heart of digital equity. And it's such an important facet, uh, important facet of folks being able to participate and thrive in our digital society. Uh, it's kind of hard to believe, but even in 2021, there's 55 million Americans that don't have a computer at home. And then there's tens of millions of additional households that don't have enough computers for concurrent use by you know, multiple kids or, or multiple parents working at home and the things like that. So the issue is uh, deep, it's pervasive, and it's persistent. And that's what we're working to, uh, to try and tackle. Yeah. And I know we're going to get into it more today. So for people who like numbers, they do a lot of original research. And we're going to make sure we touch on some of that. So Susan, can you introduce yourself, please? Sure, happy to do so. So I'm Susan Kropbauer and I have spent 20 plus years in the technology space in the aftermarket services, contract manufacturing, service, um, service delivery. And, um, and so um, I come from the same spot as many of your listeners in the tech space, firmly planted in the tech space. But I've been a um, a longtime believer in the work of Digitunity, which has been doing this work for over 36 years. And first I was what I call a cheerleader and a, and a supporter, and then um, had the honor to be a board member and um, just really took a look at what I was going to do with my life and said, I'm going to put my passion and my purpose with my paycheck pursued Scott for a job and came on board as their senior director of strategy and development right before the pandemic hit. And, um, and, and my passion has been seeing the, the results of what one single computer can do when it's put into those hands, to those end users, to those constituents, the kids that don't have a computer or have never had a computer, um, a, you know, a new immigrant that, that is just trying to you know, find their way through this new culture called you know, the United States of America, to you know, the elderly, working with the elderly and seeing how, especially during the time of the pandemic, having a tablet or a laptop to connect to their loved ones and and not be isolated during you know eight, these 18 months and more um, is just something that resonated with me and so that is my passion as what i call a digital equity champion so, so let's start there what is digital inclusion everybody defines it a little bit differently you know and how does it move society forward really yeah, from, from my perspective, digital inclusion is, is giving everyone the ability to participate in our digital society. So that means not only the device and the connectivity, but the skills to be able to thrive and the supports that, that help them continue to be successful. Because this is such a, it's a fragile thing when 
marginalized individuals, uh, if, if we're able to solve their issue and, 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 and help them get a computer and a connection to the internet, if that computer breaks, then they're dead in the water. They're back to square one. And so it's the it's the complete picture, um, including um, inclusive uh, software and apps as well. And so um, it's 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 a multi pronged issue that we're trying to solve. And digital equity is the goal: is, is giving everyone the ability to have um, uh, you know the, the the opportunity that the internet and connectivity can provide. So so you talk about the apps. What, one of the things I think you had a great corporate sponsor, if I'm not mistaken, Malwarebytes, and you did some research on that that came out back in September. Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, uh, Scott, I'd like to jump in on that. So, mm-hmm. so as we as we think about our work, and our work is is oftentimes um, putting a computer into the hands of an individual that's either not familiar, not a digital native, as we might call it. Um, or someone who is just um, their skill sets um, aren't they're not they're not comfortable there um, and it does it absolutely positively when you think about you know people who are on the wrong side of the digital divide which we also call the technology gap and it, it describes that gap between those who have access to computers and the internet and those who don't those are often as Scott said low-income communities of color rural, isolated individuals, older adults, the vulnerable, then they sit on the wrong side of this divide. So, so we provide a computer for them and open up this, this amazing world, amazing world of connectivity and, and, and think about it from your own perspective. If someone took your computer away and you couldn't, you, you couldn't access the internet on a daily basis, what that impact would be for you. But we also put these po- folks in, in the possibility of yet a more vulnerable position because they're not familiar. They don't know how to keep themselves safe necessarily. So um, one of our corporate sponsors, Malwarebytes and I, we paired up with them. They're, they're a leading cybersecurity malware, by, malware um, protection software company. And we said, what happens when they get on? Are they, are they targeted more frequently? Do they, do they get scammed? more often what is the rate of fraud what is the rate of victimization within folks who are um, in our in in the the, the new the new digital um, the new digital arena so <clears throat> we we had some key findings that I think would be really interesting um, 31 percent of people do not feel safe online they don't feel private online globally and this was done not only in the u.s but also in the in the in the united kingdom and also in germany so it so it is got a global flavor to it um 53 percent of women do feel the least private there are 53 percent of women compared to 40 percent of men feel least private online and globally that was 35 percent of women versus 27 percent of men um, and interestingly enough, when you when when for those of us who are very comfortable in the tech space, no, you know, you put on an anti-malware, you know, uh, you know, cybersecurity type, you know, infrastructure either on your computer or you know your network, etc. Seventy-nine percent of the five thousand people that were interviewed in in that in our target market did not have any familiarity at all with antivirus products. So. I mean, there's more stats to come on that, and, and I can share more as we go along, but um, it was just startling. And for us, 
it felt important to know that once we open the door to the to this massive world of digital opportunity what else what what other responsibilities might we have for that so we've right. also partnered with malwarebytes to provide to our constituents on computers that are sent to, sent to them to be able to have the malwarebytes um, software product the full malwarebytes software product loaded for free on um, on computers that Digitunity mm -hmm. and our Digital Opportunity Network are providing to our constituents. So, so if I can draw some correlations here, right? So digital privacy is one thing. There's obviously been a ton of research into banking in disadvantaged communities, right? And their lack of accounts and access. And then you talked about immigrant communities. And one of the things that I know is an issue and World Bank tracks it is, you know, um, we'll say, authoritarian governments tracking and you know tracing people's currency flows inside their countries and when you have immigrants one of the things that often happens is culturally they send back to the old country for lack of a better phrase and what you're doing here or at least my interpretation of it is you're giving them the ability to not only communicate safely in this environment but potentially communicate safely back to their families that have been left behind is that fair absolutely spot on absolutely yep because one of the one of the big things uh, one of the you know findings from the research that was startling to me was that of the thousands and thousands of people that were surveyed not a single person avoided suspicious online activity doesn't matter age gender um, income education level everyone is exposed to it. And so whether it's the immigrant population, as you said, or anyone else, um, it's such a pervasive issue. And so with uh, through working with Malwarebytes, we're hoping to you know, help protect those that are new adopters and probably uh, the most vulnerable. Mm -hmm. So how can people get involved, both at a personal level and at a corporate level? Scott, I'll let you, I'll let you run with that one. Sure, yeah, I'll jump in. The, I mean, there's numerous ways to get involved um, from the in, from the, an individual person who has uh, an extra out of service laptop sitting on their basement shelf uh, that that computer has life in it. And whether it's operable or not, um, through through our work, we we have an online platform that we match individual donors of tech with nearby charities that help support people whether um, veterans or older adults or any of the populations that we've mentioned so far. Uh, and so we play matchmaker and we help facilitate the donation of that, of that product. If it's not workable, if it's not in working condition, then we match with uh, a, a nonprofit refurbisher nearby so that that computer can be uh, refurbished, uh, brought back to life, uh, loaded up with current software and so forth and, um, and out into the community to help support people in need. And so that's that's sort of the, the the most granular way is that you and I can go into our basement, grab an old computer, and get it out there to into the community uh, wherever it's needed. And so we work with 1,500 nonprofit organizations all across the country that help support uh, individuals and families uh, through technology. So that's that's what Sue had mentioned before the Digital Opportunity Network. Now, beyond that within that, I should say, is a group of 85 nonprofit refurbishers that are also located all across the country. And so we support that 
sub-network, if you want to call it that, uh, by connecting them with corporate donations of technology. Now, corporate America today could solve the technology gap with the amount of devices that are in circulation and the amount that are refreshed every year, taken out of service and so forth. Uh, the, the supply is out there. And so what we're trying to do is change the way that companies look at, uh, at technology and to plug them in more, more deeply into their communities. And so we work with a wide range of corporate uh, clients where they call us up and say, hey, we're doing a refresh in San Antonio. Can you help us find a recipient organization? And so we play matchmaker there as well. And we help facilitate the corporate donation of technology uh, to a nonprofit refurbisher. And then they're able to, uh, to break the machines down, get the good ones out into the community. They're, you know, they break some down into parts and, uh, and so forth. Uh, but um, it, it's a, it, we continue to work in this granular fashion um, and we're trying to build that out uh, at scale so we can solve this problem at a, on a national basis. Right. And if I can piggyback in here, this is my this is this is my tech side of me, you know, lifting its head up here for a moment. When you think about the large corporate, um, the large corporate donations and and there's always been a little bit of a trepidation in the past on, you know, if I if I send my assets, my 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 technology assets into the, into a nonprofit channel versus the normal channels that they use the for profit recyclers and the for profit ITAD providers and 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 returning it back for trade in and things like that you know again we're talking about cybersecurity how's my data going to be secure what do these people do you know there's this there's this un um, inaccurate picture of you know a couple of people in a garage right what i want to make sure for any of your folks that that whose corporation um, might be interested in doing that type of activity. Our nonprofit refurbishing community are true ITAD providers. So they're providing chain of control, data wipe for NIST and DOD standards. They can provide certificates of destruction. And we have an entire um, hand-holding concierge service that we provide to those corporate donors so that they can be sure that their assets are going correctly, they get the right reporting, and we work from financial institutions that have um, Sarbanes-Oxley to, you know, um, hospitals that have HIPAA regulations and such. So just wanted to throw that out there from my side of the technology that that not only is not only are you getting return on your investment, return on your asset, but what we, le we like to call also the corporation is getting return on community. They're putting this into their own communities to help folks upskill and learn new skills and become better workers, et cetera. So, but, but that's always a concern in the back of mind of most of the corporate um, entities that we talk with. So let's build on that corporate entities. When you hear this, if I'm a large financial institution, great, I can make a giant difference, right? Mm -hmm. But my assumption is, is that the, the individual business owner with 10 or 20 or 40 employees in the city that's refreshing their infrastructure can also make a difference, right? They're a good candidate. The, Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And, and um, we're, we're remiss and we haven't mentioned the website. So uh, companies uh, can go to a couple different websites, donatetechnology.com. It's super easy to remember uh, and donate technology.com you can go there and fill out a simple form and that 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 will uh, you know put us in touch with you or if you go to digitunity.org which is our main site um, there's a lot of information there that walks you through how to do uh, a donation of that kind and what the process looks like 
And, and do you partner with channel partners, MSPs, people like that, if they were interested in as part of their own refresh cycles, can they reach out and become sort of a programmatic element for you? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and if, if, if I might digress just a little bit on sure. that, uh, you know, a managed services provider, a small, medium business, you know, mid-level to, to a large corporate, um, we, we really, you know, as Scott had said, even an individual who has a computer, you know, that's retired in their own basement, one computer, 10 computers, 20 computers, 2000 computers, all of those can, can be moved through our process. And, and there's some, there's some benefit to that small, medium business MSP that you're talking about here as well. Not only the large corporations that have formal corporate social responsibility programs and people and staff, but to the small, medium business, here's a great opportunity to, to come to Digitunity who can connect them with nonprofits in their local communities that not only need technology, but there's also opportunities for employee engagement and volunteering and, you know, corporate support in terms of, you know, we've had local, you know, device drives where we partner both, you know, a local nonprofit or two that we have in a city and a managed services provider who then sends it out to all their, you know, their community and their customers and do it, you know, do a device drive. There's lots of ways to get involved on multiple levels that, that as we all know, corporate engagement is good for retention and recruitment and, and, you know, people like to be able to help and be involved in their community. So lots of ways to get involved. And, and one last way, if, if you don't mind, we, we, we haven't mentioned, of course, you can help to support this cause and this work by making a financial contribution as well, whether you're individual or if you have ties to a foundation or what have you, or even through corporate support. Uh, we have a number of corporate partners to help fund uh, this work. And so we're always wide open to that and so grateful for, for that, type, that type of giving. And you have a 10 city two-year project coming up. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, this is really exciting for us. Um, uh, we uh, we are just at the beginning of, of rolling out this new pro project um, that's um, presented with support from AT&T. And um, AT&T is rolling out a, a new initiative called Connected Learning. And they're supporting a number of different projects across the country, um, including ours, which is uh, taking us into 10 different cities uh, from coast to coast, and uh, the cities haven't been announced yet, but that's coming out soon. And what what we're doing with this project is um, one of the things that we've learned through our work over, over these many months uh, and years is that there's a lack of coordination of resources in cities, and it's a pretty pervasive problem. Silos, people working in silos, um, doing the same thing multiple organizations in one city that don't even know each other and don't communicate. Um, and you could, you know, the same could be said for, for uh, government agencies, for um, nonprofits and so forth. So what we're trying to do here is not only deliver computers, of course, and, and it's focused on the homework gap. So that means K through 12 students and their families. Um, the devices are just one component of it. The, the, the real driver of this project is to work together with communities to build lasting systems so that we plug in local business, we get on the radar of local philanthropy, 
we, we pull together all the organizations that are already doing work in this space. There may already be a local coalition who's trying to do this work too. And through our, our nonprofit network and our refurbishers that are part of our network as well, we're trying to put the pieces together so that we build a lasting system so that any family that needs a computer knows where to get it, there's robust supply, and there's an easy pathway for them to get those devices. And so we'll, we'll be rolling that out in 10 different cities. As you said, it's a, it's a two-year pilot project, uh, and the goal is to uh, build something replicable that we can bring to any community anywhere. And, and kind of bringing this to a close, I know that you have a new film coming out, right? You've put a lot of effort into it. Right. And literally the week before this episode goes live, that film comes out. So can you talk a little bit about what people can go learn there and where to find it? Sure. So we are um, in, in post-production, putting it together for, um, for a film that we're calling The Voices of Digital Inclusion. And it's not, it's not about Digitunity. And we have some great sponsors as well, but it's not about the sponsors. What we've done is we have gone across the country and done live interviews of the nonprofit practitioners, governmental agencies, um, um, for-profit you know, organizations and companies, et cetera, that are doing the work, that are actually working in digital inclusion, working with the end users. And not only have we asked them to tell us both what are the wins that they're having, what are the challenges that they are having on the front lines? But we're also, we also have some stories of people who are going to tell us how that computer changed their lives. And that is in conjunction with a much larger conference um, uh, that is coming up. And that is um, the um, National Conversation on the Digital Divide. That's in partnership with um, one of our um, one of our alliance partners, which is um, Connected, Connected Nation. And um, we're very excited about that because it's, it's really more about helping people be aware of, of the digital divide in a new and different way and seeing it not from a corporate, you know, kind of a, you know, a splashy video, but really seeing how that's impacting people in their own neighborhoods and, you know, just down the street. Very excited about it. Looking forward to seeing it myself. Any, any closing thoughts? Anything that I missed that we should have hit on? Well, I'll just say uh, thank you so much for this opportunity. And if there are any tech leaders uh, in your listenership who are hearing this for the first time and wondering how they how they can get involved, uh, digitunity.org is a website. Digitunity, it's a mashup of digital and opportunity. So digitunity.org um, or uh, donatetechnology.com is an easy way to, to drop us a note and uh, we can get in touch and see how we can plug you into this work. Right. And, and for me, my parting comment, and again, thank you very much um, for the opportunity here to talk about something that is pervasive in our world, but, but not necessarily in everyone's radar. And if our, if our mission has resonated with you as an individual, you as a, as a corporation, I would invite you to give us a call and we'll tell you a little bit more about not only our own work, which is really an umbrella or to use to use a, tech, a technology, we're, we're, you know, we're, it's channel, our channel organizations. Those are our nonprofits. We'd love to tell you about the work they're doing as well and, and how we at Digitunity don't talk about return on investment 
or return on asset, we talk about return on community. Beautiful. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate it.